Chris Hobbs here, president of TTT Studios, uh, where we make the dreams happen uh, in the software and design and development uh, here in Vancouver. Over the years, we've met so many interesting people and heard so many great stories that I thought, hey, let's have a podcast. Let's share some of these great Vancouver international Canadian uh, voices and and hear the exciting things they have to share. So. I will be doing this as often as I can, and um, I'm, I'm really excited. We've already got some really interesting local entrepreneurs lined up who are who are volunteered their time to to hear some questions from us and uh, you know share so that everyone here can get better at what they do and learn from each other. In this episode, aka number two, I speak with Steve DeJong, president and co-founder of Vancouver-based tech company Verify. Steve shares how Verify leverages their platform to help resource companies tell their story in a modern way to raise capital, something Steve knows a lot about after having taken his last company from a $10 million valuation to a very impressive $590 million acquisition. So please, don't forget to rate and review us now, let's listen to it together. We're really excited to have Steve DeJong uh, join us. So as a little background, uh, Steve DeJong holds 10 years experience in the mining industry and is the chairman of Integra Resources and founder and CEO of Verify, a Vancouver-based tech startup focused on connecting mining companies to the modern-day investor. Prior to Verify in 2012, Steve was appointed CEO of Integra Gold, a Quebec-focused junior exploration company, and proved to be instrumental in raising over $150 million while growing the business from a $10 million exploration company through to its $500 90 million dollar sale to Eldorado Gold in July 2017. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Great to chat. It is great to chat. It is great to chat. I want to actually touch on the first time that we met. Okay. This was maybe three years ago. You and a couple of the other fellows walked into our office and it was the first time I felt short because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm six foot three. I haven't felt short that often, but I, I think on average, you guys have to be around six, four, six, five. And it was, it was definitely uh, um, a surprise to see a basketball team walk in. Yeah, I think 6'3 might be a little bit of a stretch there, but I come from a family of four boys and at 6'6, six, six, I'm, I'm the little guy too. <laughs> Are you the youngest child or the middle or the eldest? I'm the second oldest. Second oldest. Okay. Okay. Well, fantastic. Steve, tell me about Verify, which is a company I love and I, I really love the idea. Tell me about Verify. Like I think with every company, you're always trying to figure out how do you explain your company in, in sort of the, the two minute elevator pitch or whatever it is. So I'll give it a shot here, even though it changes on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, my own background's in the mining sector, as, as, as you mentioned. Um, I uh, more on the, on the finance side than the technical side, but um, about five, six years ago, I was running a, a little exploration company called Integra Gold. Turned out we were able to discover a lot of gold. And uh, in five years, from 2012 to 2017, went from the $10 million company to the kind of plus half billion dollar um, exit. And at that, in that role, to be totally frank, not really know what I, knowing what I was doing, um, being so new, new to it and new to the industry, um, we really tried to build a team around sort of innovation and, and kind of embracing technology and partly because we were young and kind of wanted to look for new ways to do things, partly because we just didn't really know kind of how things were done. So we figured we'd just find technology to help us do it. We ended up creating um, essentially a virtual site visit uh, of our site and 
kind of when we started using that to raise money to meet with investors and analysts and so on, we realized this is a much better way to kind of present and communicate what we do than a traditional pitch deck, like a, a PowerPoint or PDF or whatever it is. So kind of Integra Gold, when that company was acquired, we kind of sat down myself, my business partner, George Salamis, and we said, there's a huge opportunity here to kind of reinvent how companies, mining companies specifically, communicate what they do and the value of kind of their, their operations and their business. And that might be to investors, to local communities, um, to um, groups that they work with, whether it's bankers or analysts or, or anyone. So we created Verify and Verify simplistically is whatever presentation, keynote, whatever you use, we take that and we add interactive elements like 3D models and interactive 360 degree photography. And we don't just puke it all into a, a, into a presentation. We kind of work with companies to articulate what is the best way to use these varying kind of various technologies to communicate that value. Um, and, and the value isn't always like it's it, right away. It kind of seems like, oh, it's the, the objective is to raise money or find investors. But what we found is mm -hmm. it's a lot more than that. You might be trying to communicate value to the kind of the government or uh, in the jurisdiction you're operating in or the community group that you're going to kind of have to work with as, as kind of you build your site and, and so on. So um, that is essentially like two and a half years ago, Verify, we had this concept. We had two companies in the platform um, and, and we very much took a platform approach to it, not to do sort of one off advisory type work for companies, but to create more of like a, um, a community uh, of companies where investors can go. Um, we're now, everything's kind of been accelerated in this, in this uh, COVID environment where everyone's remote looking for remote tools and so on. But as of today, we have about 140 companies, uh, mining companies we're working with, and that number is, is increasing almost on a daily basis right now. So maybe a little longer than two minutes, but that is in a nutshell what we do. And I recognize the value. I mean, this is an industry that's ripe for transformation, uh, digital transformation. And I think the timing is is, is exceptional. I remember, um, I can't remember if it was 2017 or 2018, where I, I, I got to do the, the PDAC with you guys. What's the uh, PDAC? Is that the the mining, the biggest mining conference? I know that in Toronto. Oh, What's man, you're putting me on the spot. It's the Prospectors and Developers Association Conference, I believe. That sounds right. Um, but that, that was a real eye-opener. Um, well, first off, I got to see that you guys were the, the you know, the, the bad boys of tech. The thing that, that really impressed me is you had the ears of a lot of the big CEOs. Um, you could tell. You, you, when you just walked around, people, people really wanted to know what you guys were doing. Um, because I think they understood that you can bring value from this, you know, this new world of tech. Um, but it was also bizarre for me because it was the first time I've sat at a table uh, when they had, what was it? The um, the Disrupt Mining event. Disrupt Mining and sitting around with some really interesting uh, individuals and a fellow going, oh, I just, you know, what do you do? I just sold my mine. I'm looking to buy another mine. Do you have a mine for sale? And I just remember going, wow, this is really, really foreign to me. But it was, but it was interesting and really great people. But it was also the place where I've never seen more blackberries, and I think that was the sign right there that wow, there's huge opportunity, a huge opportunity. So you 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 straddle between you know the technology world and and do that really well, and the mining world. From my feeling, there is a bit of a different way that you you speak to them. Do you find that there's a there's a different language you need to use or a different style when when you're speaking to? Um, that each from each community or is it is it very similar? That's a really interesting question because I've had to go through not having a mining engineering geological background. I very much learned sort of the the mine speak, mining exploration, how to how to speak that language mm -hmm. just through sort of meetings and, and kind of real world experience. Um, I come at it more with a, a BCom degree and and that side. 
Um, so I, I'd spent sort of 10, 12 years in the sector learning that language. But you don't realize when you're when you've we, we spend the bulk of your career in one sector that you're you've be, you've kind of you're trained to speak a certain way. So I would never would have noticed sort of the language that we speak within the sector until it's kind of Thanksgiving dinner and you're trying to speak to your relatives about kind of 10 meters of 372 gram per ton oxide <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, but coming into the tech world mm-hmm. where all of a sudden um, it's, it's different, but you're still going in, you're meeting with investors, you're trying to raise money for your tech company. What I, what I had found in the bulk of my time in the mining sector was meeting with investors and kind of financing and, and kind of going through the pitch and so on is that the languages are actually from an investment and where, again, the bulk of my experience from an investment side, the language is, is, is quite similar. It's, it's almost just different sort of two metrics that we use to gauge it. And I've, I found that fascinating having to sit here and kind of learn a whole new kind of uh, language where like one thing I'll, I'll say about the tech sector, everyone loves acronyms and they going into meetings where like really kind of, simple acronyms like MRR and client acquisition costs and, and little things like that. I've had to kind of go and learn that language all over again. Whereas uh, in mining, kind of going back to mining and trying to explain mining to tech investors, now I'm starting to learn more and more sort of that they are, they're speak, they're, 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 it's the same intent, but but kind of the, the actual, the, the specifics or the jargon within them. Um, yeah, it makes it, the conversation difficult at times. But anyway, long story short, I found it fascinating to go through and kind of learn a whole new field uh, and, and be able to speak that language. And then at the same time, like even though we're a tech company, all of our time is spent with mining executives. So we're still kind of speaking that that kind of that mining language as well. One, one of the things that, that you brought up, PDAC. So PDAC is a 40,000 person. It's the biggest mining conference and 40,000 people descend on sort of the Toronto Convention Center once a year to go and... Um, learn about mining companies, get free pens and free hats and, <laughs> and, and other things like that. But that in itself, that, that environment is a, that like, there is almost a whole new language that is, is spoken there because you have the entire spectrum from the kind of the person kind of trying to sell you kind of the rock that they found to the person who's kind of got the $10 billion company, um, the whole way through. But PDAC is, is yeah, it, 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 that is a fina- fascinating place in itself. It's sort of the Star Wars cantina of of kind of the mining industry. Coming from someone who's so foreign to it, I gotta say, I had a lot of fun. Like it was one of those events that I, I didn't really know what I was, you know, getting into. Um, and I got to admit, if I had to do it all over again, it would be still foreign to me, but it was fascinating. And then, especially cause I mean, there was that one, I know you, you spoke at, uh, there's one in Vancouver just before March. Um, the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference, I think is the one, VREC. That, that was it, that was it. Yeah, yeah, because we had, we had Amanda actually at that conference, yeah. which was interesting. That's our facial recognition platform. And so that's why I went and checked out and bumped into you, which was great uh, to, to you know listen to you speak. But that was one of the first conferences I've ever been to where almost every table says, do not bother me. I have never seen that before. Did, I, did, did you notice on so many of the tables, short of the the, the great one you did with your uh, when you had the the fake, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into that your your fake business pro, uh, yeah. prospector. You can see my air air quotes here, but I don't know if you noticed almost every table because I walked the whole the whole thing to try to learn. They actually said, "Do not, do not. Uh, if you know we are here to speak to you, do not speak to us." Kind of a thing. Um, in terms of they didn't want any other business talking to them, and I've. I was always trying to figure out why in a conference would you go where it just wants to be a one-way conversation? It, it's, it's kind of funny that. And that's very much where like PDAC would be different than the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference because that's pitched and that, that's presented as an investor conference. 
So it's, mm. it's, that is essentially a, a, it's almost like a fight against the service providers because so that they don't descend and then you're not, you didn't pay a bunch of money to have a booth where people are trying to sell you something sure. all day long. Yeah. It's a really interesting comment because at the same time, like in a collaborative industry, we should always be sharing kind of business ideas and so on. But mining is different than other sectors like that because it's, there's very seldom like real synergies between your project here and this project over here. Whereas like in the technology sector, everybody is always talking about, Hey, how could your company benefit from my tech? And kind of, there, there are a lot more kind of, I hate the word synergies, but I'll, I'll use it here. Synergies that, that are potential synergies that actually warrant having those kind of discussions with, with, what may otherwise be viewed as competitors. I totally agree with that. Well, you went from being a CEO of a mining company to being a CEO of a tech company. What was the transition? Was there a transition? What, what Did it feel different jumping into the tech world or was it just the same thing? Different for sure. Like I, I sort of stumbled my way into kind of being the CEO of a of a mining company because when, when I took on that role, I'd, I'd had sort of other similar I shouldn't say similar, I more sort of investor relations, corporate development type roles. Um, mm-hmm. And the company at the time was, it was a $10 million company. My dad was the CEO. I was the CEO of another junior that was kind of around the same size. Neither of us had more than sort of th- four years experience in the industry. My dad was an, a retired RCMP who, after he retired, started taking directorships and kind of looking for other things to do. I had kind of come in through that. Um, so, like Integra Gold, which I became the CEO of in 2012, was a really small company. We had one employee in Quebec at the time. And I'd like to think I grew into that role, but at the same time, like Integra Gold, and this is where mining and mineral exploration specifically is, is so different than so many other sectors, is that we had a phenomenal asset. Like we had a, a little tiny high-grade gold deposit that was sitting kind of a kilometer away from a processing facility two kilometers away from a mining community of 30,000 people. And that little tiny high grade gold asset turned out to be really, really big. And a lot of our success, like we had an absolutely incredible team. And now that that little tiny, it was literally a swamp, Mm -hmm. um, is now a gold mine that produces about $400 million a year uh, in revenue and has about 400 employees. I'd like to think we did a lot of good things and I learned a lot through that process. And I can't say enough good things about the team that we built. But we also had the blessing of Mother Nature putting a big deposit there. And one thing about mineral exploration and mining is there's, and I don't mean this as a, as anything against everybody um, or, or sorry, against the sector, but luck plays such a huge role in it. Like when we look at sort of the, the success we had as a company, we could have done all of those same things and 99 out of 100 times, it's not going to work because that little tiny high grade deposit isn't actually that big when you, when you get into it. And that that's one of the things like I feel very fortunate um, to be involved with with such an incredible team, but an asset that turned out to be like that in the mining side. Coming over to the tech side, mm-hmm. uh, it's so much more, it feels like it's so much more kind of strategy, effort in, effort or, or results out um, in that I, I think there are very, very few tech companies where somebody just stumbles across an idea and that idea in itself is going to kind of define success for you. Mm-hmm. Again, this is not to say that that's, that's how it works in the mining sector, but like if you don't have that first element, you won't, you can do everything you want. It doesn't matter if mother nature hasn't kind of given you that, that opportunity. Whereas that's, I think that that was kind of the biggest learning curve for me is there is no, there is no opportunity like with, with tech, you are continually sitting down and, and I'm sure you go through this all the time assessing your strategy, kind of thinking about what you were 
how you viewed your business and your business opportunity and your customers and your clients six months and three months ago. And then how, how has that changed now? And kind of how is that going to influence sort of the decisions we make as a team on a daily basis, especially when you're at the early kind of the growth stage, when kind of the trajectory of kind of or the, the impact of every decision you make is sort of exponentially or it's exaggerated kind of in the coming days and months because you don't really have a have a set course. Mm. Sorry, if, I don't know if that makes sense, but oh, that was completely. that was to me was the most f- fascinating part about it is from a strategy standpoint, it's it's so different. You don't have something like a gold price that's kind of dictating a big aspect of your success. It's very much, there are obviously macro factors. The other thing is just the people. Mm. Like in Integra grew from a, a $10 million company to a $600 million company and our head office grew from five to nine people in that time. Mm-hmm. And whereas at, at Verify, kind of we've gone from the two people to 40 in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just that that whole aspect of, of managing and kind of hiring and kind of building that team up, that is an entirely diff, new experience for me as well. I wanted to touch on that because you keep reflecting on the team. And I think this is really important because one thing that I think you guys have done very, very well. I mean, I've met George and Matt and I think you have aligned yourselves with amazing team players. Like, you know, I go into the, I go, you know, go into the office of Verify and talk to some of the people or even just see on LinkedIn. And I'm like, wow, you, 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 you get great people that work with you. And I think as a CEO, you have to sell the vision, you have to sell the product, you have to, you know, do that. Is there a secret sauce to aligning yourself with so many exceptional people that, uh, you know, you work with? From the the bit I've interacted with yourself and your team at TTT, I I can quite confidently say it's probably the same for you. You've got to kind of work with people you like, like that's that you respect. And I don't mean just like, like you can joke around about stuff, but you actually truly respect. And and for Mm. me, I found if kind of, there's certain things like that. Like I've, I've worked with rock stars in the past that, that we just, that we don't jive with or, or things and it never works. Like they can be as kind of as good as, as they are, if they don't fit with your management team and your culture and so on. Um, I've found it's really easy to sort of poison the well in that if you've got sort of your culture and you as, as a executive or a, or a, a management team really want to do this, but you bring somebody in who doesn't fit that it can, it can, like the, the impact of that is, is almost exponential. I've always been a big believer in the higher, slow, fire, fast mentality. Like take your time to find the right people. And when somebody is not working, kind of get them out of there. And it's not. And, and I'm also a big believer that kind of the most respectful thing that you can ever do for someone is kind of work with them. And if it doesn't work to let them go, like it doesn't work. I don't think it's good for anybody to be in. in that's more. That's almost like relationship advice versus anything else but I, I i think the most important thing is to have like a management team first and i think everything does trickle down from that it just respects each other and sees that because it's to me it's so much like like i'll look at the, the relationship my parents had and kind of like you as kind of you spend 20, the first 15 20 years of your life watching how your parents interact and that's how you kind of you're going to make a lot of decisions in your own or your, your own behavior is going to come from that and i think a management team needs that like you need to be joking and mm-hmm. having fun but like respectful and pulling together and you're going to be able to get all of your employees to kind of feed into that that culture as well but the biggest thing is you can't fake yeah. that you can't you, you can't pretend that like we're a respectful yeah. and uh or we have these various elements or come up with some soft flashy words fuzzy words to put on your website about kind of what a great place you are and then kind of not not live that at the same time you got to really work at it too like you think having fun you know doing things that are fun how do you work on that and it, it it's 
it's important. I mean, today we actually have, um, uh, we're having a new thing called the question of the day on Slack. I, I'll be honest with you. After I, I did, I did a recording this morning and the first thing I wanted to do was get on that question of the day fast because I just see one of our co-ops, he's just being so snarky, every single comment. And I want to be part of that, but you have to work at that. It, but it creates such a, um, an amazing yeah. energy. And, and again, I see it in your office. People are having fun, you know, and uh, yeah. I, I think it's great. Well, well speak, speaking of your office, I mean, Integra from Quebec, okay, La, La Belle Provence. Why did you choose Vancouver um, as the headquarters then? Integra Gold, which is sort of what we, we've talked about to this point. Um, Integra Gold, which is the company that was acquired, uh, that was sort of, it, it. going back in its history, it was part of a group of about eight or nine exploration companies that were all based out of the same office and they had, they had assets all over Canada for the most part and, and a few elsewhere. Um, that's just the company that we inherited. That's kind of, we literally took it from uh, Hastings Street, Hastings and Granville and then moved it two blocks away. So it's, it's we were here. Um, Vancouver, uh, most people probably don't know this. Vancouver is mm-hmm. is sort of the the world kind of epicenter of the junior resource company. There are 800 mining, mineral exploration and mining companies within five blocks, kind of a five block um, square in, in downtown Vancouver. So we just happen to be here. Um, Integra Resources, which is a fully separate company, which George uh, Salamis is the, is the CEO of, um, is, is running now, again, based in Vancouver, but that project is in Idaho. So... Vancouver, um, and I guess it goes back to the Vancouver Stock Exchange roots, but Vancouver mm-hmm. and then the TSX and TSX Venture, that is kind of 50% of all mining companies listed globally are, are kind of sitting on that TSX and based in either Vancouver or Toronto for the most part. Yeah, and I noticed a lot of Australian too. That was at the conference. I was surprised to see how many Australians were part of that. So Yeah, and that, and the ASX would be sort of second only to the TSX as far as mm-hmm. kind of so the, the resource stock exchanges. The mining companies you work with, how many did you say you have um, with, with Verify right now? So we have about 140 now. Uh, are most of them in Vancouver or are they from all over the place? Yeah, I would say it's probably, uh, yeah, maybe 50, 60% of them are probably Vancouver based. And then Toronto would be number two and then it kind of mm-hmm. spreads out from there. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, one thing that I really want to touch on, I love the commercials you guys do. Uh, the The YouTube ads of the... What's a, what's a good way of describing it? The the old way of doing things or the the less, the non-verify way of doing things. And you you hired an actor and I, I think you're on your third third uh, video, maybe fourth? We just filmed our third last week, actually. So it doesn't, that one doesn't come out okay. yet, but it's on, it's on its way. And it's, and it's hilarious. And I mean, I even love the fact that, that you hired the same actor for the, the Vancouver conference and you didn't tell anyone that he was a fake, you know, like a... I don't want to call it a plant, but just to showcase why they should be talking to Verify. Where did you get the idea for that? I mean, it's so funny. So it's called the Verify School of Mining Promotion. And we've got lesson one, lesson two. We did the filming from the conference, which we actually still haven't put out yet. And then we just filmed lesson three as well. Um, yeah, I don't actually know where the idea came from. We used to have this list that we used to keep around the office that they just had like kind of one-liners that we thought were hilarious that you'd, you'd hear at these conferences. Um, there's a blogger who who every every time this PDAC conference out, he puts out this, it, they call it PDAC bingo, and you've got your bingo card and you go around and you kind of, it's full of just hilarious one-liners and you have to go around until you actually have heard them all at, at some point. So it's kind of some of this this jargon uh, or, or these lines have always been out there. We just thought it'd be hilarious to put it together into a video. 
And what we realized in doing it, because there's a part of you that wants to make it like, how do we weave this back into verify and how do we make, and then we realized pretty quickly, it's it's just funny. It, it is. And like the number of times I've gone into like a, a product demo or a sales discussion or anything, and I kind of have to stop and talk about the video for a couple of minutes. Like it's paid for itself a thousand times over just in the brand recognition that comes with it. Oh, I bet. The third video, um, we just, we literally just got a booth at a conference, a mining conference. We had elephant exploration. He had a geological map of Mars. Um, we used my my daughter's Duplo set to to create a geological model for him, um, and we just let him go to town talking to people. And he ended up, I think, yeah. he had like 120 business cards by the end of it of people <laughs> kind of interested in getting more information. I I, I watched it. I, I watched it for a while just to see how many like actual investors talked to him, and it made me think, wow, what guys are doing at Verify is totally needed because they were they were buying it. Like they were actually going, oh yeah, that's totally true. Which made me think, wow, the industry really does need a kick in the pants for modernization, you know, on the on the investment side. Yeah, and it was fascinating because we didn't want to do it. Like we weren't trying to make fun of people. And no, especially of if not. you're there to learn about the sector, you might not know some of this. So we wanted to make sure, like it was for us, it was very much more, it was almost more of a social experiment that we decided mm -hmm. to film versus, because we don't want, like we're not coming here to just say, hey, everyone's stupid. They don't understand this guy's mm -hmm. pitching them kind of junk. Um, but I was just blown away in the first hour because because I really I really envisioned this as like he would he would kind of give his pitch and it's like literally he's just he Googled colorful PDF and then it would hold up colorful charts and say this is on Mars and so on. And then everyone would realize the joke and we laugh and so on. But that just didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And you, you it does help you kind of you, you take a step back and you realize like, geez, there is for this to happen is really a product of the environment that kind of has been created. Um, and there are tools that we can do kind of to, to make this better. The last video we did, um, which again, we just recorded last week was, uh, remote pitching. So he's giving it's some of the biggest resource investors in the world, all, all kind of agreed for, to have cameo spots. And he just gets on zoom and he just pitches them and kind of, he goes through and uses his lines and, and does things like forgets to hit the, the mic button turn off his camera when he's going to the washroom and just kind of, yeah. <laughs> Stuff that is actually, to be honest, more funny to, I think, all sectors, not just mining. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, speak, speaking of the sector right now, because I'm, I'm just interested in how COVID is kind of, you know, it's influencing everything right now. One of the dads on my, my son's hockey team, he's he's the head of the BC Mining Society or Association, or I, I don't know the, the technical term, Re really nice guy. But I asked him, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued to know, is mining suffering because of COVID? And he actually said that everything's still running at 100%. And I didn't know, is that, a, is that a real answer? Is that a mining association answer? I mean, do you find that things are running still at 100% So right now? I, I actually think uh, the mines have done, not all of them, um, there will always be outliers, but I think in general, there's a lot of mines who've done a really good job in addressing COVID. And mm -hmm. and it's not even just mining. Like if, if um, a friend of mine works up, up in Kitimat, um, at, so at one of the big plants they're building, at natural gas plants and stuff. Like I think a lot of these remote sites specifically have had to come up with kind of ways to manage through this COVID in, this COVID environment. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of companies will kind of, if it's shift work, you'll have people go and they'll stay kind of in a hotel for a week before they go back to their family um, and, and vice versa. And so on just any way that they can minimize kind of uh, the impact on operations, but also keep everybody safe. There's been a, a huge push in the sector in the last, let's say, five or 10 years, really towards kind of ESG and, and like environmental social governments and just health and safety in general. Um, so I, I think a lot of mines are doing a really good job with that. I would say 
mining is a little bit different because if if again if you look at sort of the spectrum of mining companies and what they do a big percentage of those are, are precious metal related like gold and silver and kind mm-hmm. of gold uh as of this morning is within two dollars an ounce it, it was at 1898 today and the all-time high is 1900 dollars. so you kind of the underlying mm-hmm. commodity price for certain uh for a lot of these operations is actually kind of doing as best as it's as it's ever done before too. So I'm not sure if his comment was more based on the fact that all these mines are up and running or if the fact that these companies are doing well because mining and specifically gold and silver right now, most of those companies are hitting all-time highs in their, their share prices right now, which is really, I don't know what the word, right word is, interesting. Like it's it's to be in an environment like we're in where sure the stock market's doing great, but I think we all have sort of reservations about kind of what direction the world as a whole is going right now. Um, and to the, the sector itself, mining specifically, is kind of will is and, and probably likely will continue to perform in, in this well, that's, environment. That's that's really interesting, and I'm, and I'm glad to hear it. I mean, obviously, this is such an important industry, uh, you know, to the to the, the the local economy as well as the greater yeah. the greater economy. So uh, I'm really glad to hear that. Well, well, I mean, verify, you know, you you aim at telling the story of the mines in order for investment and you know deal flow and all that sort of thing. Do you think you'll branch out to other in, other industries? Or are you are you happy with mining? I definitely think we will because we've been um, like our our objective is to not just kind of be this tool that mining companies can use to get money or to find investors. Like our ultimate objective is to kind of create a tool that is this indispensable tool that every mining investor needs as well. Um, and if and, and if we're successful in doing that, I think we're gonna ultimately end up with a much more transparent kind of industry because we're gonna reset the standard of what is kind of, what, what needs to be disclosed for an in- investor to make an investment essentially. For us to do that effectively, we can't just go dip our fingers in industry after industry. So yes, I think the technology that we built um, is very applicable to other sectors. We are not at a point in our life cycle where we're able to kind of, if we were to go spend time in other sectors, whether it's manufacturing or renewable energy or oil and gas or anything kind of even tech, to be honest, in some of the visualization tools we've created, if we were to go do that tomorrow, we would be we would be doing that to the detriment of our mining kind of the mining ecosystem that we're trying to create mm-hmm. because we don't have unlimited resources, development resource, developer resources, and and, and so on. So we get asked this a lot, mm-hmm. um, even even in some of the sort of the VC conversations I've had. The number of times I've been told, "Oh, you could use this tool for this or this interactive financial model that you brought in." to show a, a cash flow at a mine site could also be used. I could just change the numbers and, and show user adoption and I could use that same interactive tool in a tech presentation. Um, we've had, that, that comes up a lot, but we're, we're very much kind of for the time being focused on mining because the way we want, like we just, we want to make sure we do it right. Um, mm-hmm. And we think there's a big opportunity to build a kind of a big company here. Um, and until we can say that we can move into another sector without it costing us kind of a mining mm-hmm. client or, or sort of takes away from the brand um, a step towards us building that mining ecosystem. We, we just can't do it. And it's been hard because out of the gate we did, we did two marijuana or cannabis growth facilities. We did some oil and gas. We, we did a hydroelectric dam. Um, we've done a lot of other stuff and we've just realized kind of, we need to focus, focus, focus before we start expanding into those, those other sectors. So all mm-hmm. those kind of little 
side projects that we've done in the past, we've kind of just parked for the for the time being. Uh, I think that's uh, I think that's wise, because um, especially when you're in Vancouver and you do have a lot of opportunity in that industry. And again, it's an industry that needs to be served, and I think your product really does serve serve it well. One of the dads um, on my son's hockey team, he is an investor in Verify, which which surprised me. He, he actually told me about that because he said, oh, there's this tech tech thing that uh, I invested in. And, and he's a typical a mining investor, okay? So he's not really a tech investor, but a mining investor. Um, are the typical investors in Verify, are they mining focused or are they tech focused? Yeah, they're almost entirely mining focused. Um, and yeah, we've been, we've been able to finance our growth to this point um, without, yeah, with, with primarily like on more on a, on a relationship basis, kind of leveraging the success we've had, George and I have had in, in sort of the mining sector and just relationships we have. So some of the, some of our investors are kind of mining executives, some are bankers, some are mining companies, some are r- right across the spectrum. Um, we have a few sort of tech kind of angel investor types that have invested, but we haven't gone too far down that path yet. Fortunately for us, we're we're building a product that, even though we are entirely a growth focused company right now, we're we're able to sort of achieve a decent revenue um, rate as well. So even even as we grow, and this is kind of one of the things I absolutely love about tech is kind of when you start to create sort of a a SaaS product, kind of to double the amount of people using it if you built it properly does not double your cost by any it scales it's it's sort of it's, it's completely scalable and maybe it's adding maybe it's going up one percent or two percent but you're not kind of your your cost and your expenses are not going up 50 percent if you double it that's very different than mining if you double the size mineral of your, exploration yeah it yeah. does not scale the same yeah anyway long story short we've been phenomenal like our investors have been incredible even though we do a horrendous job at keeping them up to date um they just know we're growing very quickly uh and i take full responsibility of of, should probably be doing a better job on that but we've been we've been very fortunate where kind of um our growth and the revenue that we've been able to accomplish along with the, the some of the initial investment we have like i've never been in this position of mineral exploration but we're now kind of looking at sort of 12 18 months runway um, using very conservative numbers, whereas kind of an, I can tell you the mineral exploration field, it's sort of you close a financing and you're planning your next one at any given time. I assume you find mineral exploration a lot more expensive than uh, than the tech industry. It, it is. Yeah, there, there's well, it's different. Running an office with 40 people is much more expensive than an office with eight people. That's for sure. But we're not spending a million dollars a month on a, on a drill rig, putting kind of kind of pulling rocks out of the ground either. So it's, yes, it's, it's kind of, you can, you can achieve a lot more. The other thing about uh, mining mineral exploration um, is quite binary. You, you put hundreds of millions, yeah, sometimes billions of dollars, and then one day you turn it on and money comes out. Um, it's very seldom you have sort of a slow ramp up where you make a little bit of money and then you put that back into development and you make a little bit more and so on. Um, and it's often why mining companies go public so quickly so they can access that, those public markets or get that capital. Tech, you could have sort of a two-person shop. Maybe you make enough revenue to hire that third person. You could actually build something over time. So that's something that that's, that I found quite different as well because it is one more kind of watching your revenue and, and sort of that adoption versus just trying to get to the kind of in mining, trying to get to Nirvana, which is kind of, yes, this thing is moving ahead. Well, fascinating, fascinating. Well, you know, Steve, thank you for your time today. You, you've been, you've been 
You've been fantastic. I, I, I was excited to chat with you because I know this is uh, going to be super interesting as we kind of cross the uh, the universe of both, you know, mineral exploration and uh, tech. And and again, uh, you know, for those who haven't seen Verify, I hope that uh, we'll, we'll probably put a link. I'm sure we'll put a link at the uh, at the uh, the bottom of the, the podcast so that people can check it out as well. We need to put the links to those commer- or those ads because they're just too funny to miss. I was going to say we're we're sort of we're we're going through that classic stage two years in where we have to completely overhaul. Mm-hmm website mm-hmm. and everything else. Most people would probably find more value just watching the YouTube video than they will going through our, our website in its current state. But yeah, we'll make sure you have the links for those. Well, excellent. Well, again, see, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Keep doing the great work because honestly, I, I we kind of make jokes here about how you're going to become the uh, the CEO of Gold Corp uh, relatively soon. Uh, so, uh, you know, let me win my $5 on that bet too. Um, but thank you for your time. And if, You know what? If Gold Corp didn't get acquired last year and, and was still a company, maybe you'd have oh, a chance. Geez, did they? That just shows how much I know the mining industry. Man, it moves way too fast. Hey, Afternoon Tea listeners. If you got this far, I'm assuming you liked this episode. And that's awesome. Thank you. In such a case, please make sure to rate and review Afternoon Tea Podcast on Apple Podcasts And also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever the heck you find your podcasts from. Afternoon Tea is a brand new podcast. We do have some great guests lined up for our future episodes, but we'd love to hear your thoughts as well. So please do let us know who you'd like to hear from on the show. You can do so by emailing me at podcast at ttt.studio. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at T-T-T, that's three T's, dot studio. Notice there's no .com because we're that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us on social media at TTT underscore studios. Have an amazing day.